Chapter Twenty Nine of Babu Jabberjee, B.A. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Babu Jabberjee, B.A. by F. Anstey, Chapter Twenty Nine. Further proceedings in the case of Mackletob versus Jabberjee. Mister Jabberjee's opening for the defense. Queen's Bench Court, Number M, Two Forty P.M. I have just resumed my seat after a rather searching examination of Madame Mankletow, as will appear from the notes of her evidence kindly taken by my solicitor. My solicitors said notes. Mrs. Martha Mankletow, formidable old party, all bugles and bombazine, would certainly describe her establishment as select, all of her male boarders perfect gentlemen, except defendant, was never anxious to secure him for her daughter, on the contrary, would have much preferred her son-in-law, White, gave her consent because of the passionate attachment he professed for plaintiff. Nothing to her whether he was of a princely rank or not. He appeared to be very well able to support her daughter, which was the chief thing. Had never threatened defendant with personal chastisement from other boarders if he denied any engagement. Did say that if he meant nothing serious after all the marked attentions he had paid the plaintiff, he deserved to be cut dead by all the gentlemen in the house. Insisted on the engagement being made public at once, thought it her bounden duty to do so. Did not know whether defendant was married already, or how many wives he was entitled to in his own country. He had taken good care not to say anything about all that when he proposed. Did not consider him a desirable match, and never had done, but thought he ought to be made to pay heavily for his heartless behavior to her poor unprotected child who would never get over the slight of being jilted by a black man. Here I sat down, amidst suppressed murmurs from the court of indignation and sympathy at such gross unmannerly insults to a highly educated Indian University man and qualified native barrister. 3.15. More witnesses for plaintiff, viz. Miss Spink and sundry select boarders, who have testified to my courtship and the notoriety of my engagement. Seeing that they were predetermined not to answer favorably to myself, I tore a leaf out of Mr. Witherington's book, and said that I had no questions to ask. The plaintiff's junior has just sat down, with the announcement that this is his case. I am now to turn the tables by dint of rhetorical loquacity. The annexed report, though sadly meager and doing very scanty justice to the occasion, is furnished by my friend, young Howard, who was present in court at the time. Jab, in a kind of sing-song. May it please your venerable lordship and respectable gentlemen of the jury, I am in the very similar predicament of another celebrated native gentleman and well-known character in the dramatic works of your immortal literator, poet Shakespeare. I allude to Othello on the occasion of his pleading before the duke and other potent grave and reverend seniors of Venice in a speech which I shall commence by quoting in full... Mr. Justice Honeygall. One moment, Mr. Jabberjee. I am always reluctant to interfere with counsel, but it may save my time and that of the jury if I remind you that the illustration you propose to give us is hardly as happy as it might be. The head and front of Othello's offending, unless I am mistaken, was that he had married the lady of his affections, whereas in your case... Jab, plaintively, your lordship, 
it is not humanly possible that i can exhibit even ordinary eloquence if i am to be interrupted by far-fetched and frivolous objections the story of othello mr justice h what the jury want to hear is not othello's story but yours sir and your proper course is to go into the witness-box at once and give your version of the facts as simply and straightforwardly as you can when you have given your own evidence and called any witnesses you may wish to call you will have an opportunity of addressing the jury and exhibiting the eloquence on which you apparently place so much reliance here poor old jab bundles off to the witness-box and takes some outlandish oath or other with immense gusto after which he starts telling the jury a long rambling rigmarole and is awfully riled when the old judge pulls him up which he does about every other minute this is a sort of thing that goes on jab at this misters of the jury i being but a pusillanimous and no leviathan of valor the judge not so fast sir not so fast follow my pen i've not got down half of what you said before that reads laboriously from his notes in panic-stricken apprehension of being severely assaulted a posteriori who do you say threatened to assault you in that manner the plaintiff's mother jab i have already had the honour to inform your lordship that i was utterly intimidated by the savage threats of the plaintiff's mother that unless i consented to become the betrothed she would summon certain able-bodied athletic boarders to batter and kick my unprotected person and consequently not being a leviathan the judge no one has ever suggested that you are an animal of that description sir have the goodness to keep to the point reads as he writes i was so intimidated by threats of plaintiff's mother that she would have me severely kicked by third parties if i refused that i consented to become engaged to plaintiff is that what you say jab beaming your lordship's acute intellect has comprehended my pons asinorum with great intelligence the judge looking at him under his spectacles mm, well go on what next so old jab goes on gassing away at such a deuce of a rate that the judge gives up all idea of taking notes and sits staring at jab in resigned disgust it was spellbound attentiveness h b j jab will spout and won't keep to the point but all the same i fancy somehow he's getting round the jury he's such a jolly innocent sort of old ass and they like him because he's no end of sport the plaintiff's a devilish fine girl and gave her evidence uncommonly well but unless witherington turns up again i believe old jab will romp in a winner after all i haven't taken down anything else except his wind-up when of course he managed to get in a speech jab believe me gentlemen of the jury this is simply the barefaced attempt to bleed and mulct a poor impecunious indian for it is incredible that any english female of genteel upbringings and the lovely and beauteous appearance which you have all beheld in this box it is incredible i say that she should seriously desire to become a mere unconsidered unit in a bevy of indian brides how is she possibly to endure a domestic existence exposed to the slings and arrows of a perpetual guerrilla warfare from various native aunts and sisters-in-law or how is she to reconcile her dainty and fastidious stomach after the luscious and appetizing fare of a bayswater boarding-house to simple unostentatious and frequently repulsive indian eatables 
no misters of the jury as warm-hearted and noble-minded english gentlemen you will never condemn an unfortunate and industrious native graduate and barrister to make a cripple of his career and burden his friends and his families with such a bone of contention as a european better half who will infallibly plunge him into the pretty pickle of innumerable family jars i shall now vacate the witness-box in favour of my intimate friend and fatherly benefactor honourable sir chetwood cumberbund who will tell you the judge rising before we have the pleasure of seeing mr chetwood here mr jabberjee there is a little formality you appear to have overlooked the plaintiff's counsel will probably wish before you leave the box to put a few questions to you in cross-examination and that must stand over till to-morrow at this old jab's jaw falls several holes note by jabberjee hereford road bayswater i am excessively gratified by the result of my first day's trial being already the established favourite and chartered libertine of the whole court who split their sides at my slightest utterances so i am no longer immeasurably alarmed by the prospect of being crossly examined especially since witherington q c has abandoned his brief in despair to a tongue-tied junior who is incompetent to exclaim boo to a goose indeed i have some thoughts of declining haughtily to be interrogated by a mere underling the only fly in the ointment of my success is the utter indifference of jessamina to my aforesaid triumphs at the termination of the hearing to-day i beheld her so deeply engrossed in smiling and cordial converse with that smartly attired curly-headed young solicitor who was acting on her behalf that she was totally unconscious of my vicinity alack a day ferium et mutabile semper formina End of chapter twenty nine recording by todd